I'd be like, yeah, I was definitely covering bruises, handprints, scratches. Hey, you're listening to Avant Radio, and I'm Alicia, your host and empowerment photographer for ladies. Beauty isn't just what is on the outside. It's the wholeness of our heart, because from the overflow of our heart, we speak, act, and live. So I'm here helping ladies to fully embrace their strength, confidence, and wholeness, to be fully beautiful inside and out. Join me as I share the tips that I've gained from my 20-year-old marriage, lessons I've learned rearing three kids, and insights uncovered from various healings God has brought me through in the past 30 years of following Him. Right? This middle-aged woman got some tips. All right. But don't worry. What I'm sharing will be applicable no matter your faith. Ready, queens? Grab your crowns and let's start polishing. Hey guys, I'm really excited that today I have my friend Ashley. I've known Ashley. How long have I known you, Ashley, now? Gosh, you've known me since I was in high school. (laughs) It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot second. I, let's see, I graduated high school. Let's see, South Effingham has their high school graduation tonight. Uh, I graduated 11 years ago. Wow. Okay. I thought it was about a decade. So we were right. Okay. Yeah. So I've known Ashley for 10 years and I'm, uh, I'm really excited to bring her on today because she's going to be sharing something that's very vulnerable, very sensitive, and she's very strong and courageous to share. And I think it's going to really impact uh, a lot of women in, in ways that they might expect or might not expect, but either way, I just implore you, listener, queen, to be with us as we have this conversation. So so either it will help you or it will help someone in your sphere, because I bet you, you know someone who has, is, or will be going through this situation. So just thank you so much, Ashley, for being here and sharing with us today. So yeah, for sure. So I'm, as she said, my name's Ashley. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm single and I just finished grad school. So I'm a, um, Woohoo! with my master's, um, and I'm going to have my own classroom come August. Um, I've been working towards this dream for four years. I started out as a pair pro And um, about two years ago, I decided that I wanted to go back for my master's and wanted to fulfill the the position of taking on the role of being the teacher and not just the teacher's assistant. And here we are two years later, I've graduated and I'm about to be um, Effingham's next pre-K teacher in Rinkin Elementary. So. That's really exciting. Oh my gosh, you guys, her face is just beaming, <laughs> beaming. She's like so excited about this. So my, oh my gosh, if let's just say if you have students or little kids are going to be in her class, you're going to be one lucky parent. Because- <laughs> <laughs> not to my own horn, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, so excited. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about a relationship that you had that was about five years five years long or like old. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us about that relationship. So gosh, I, how really, did it start? Yeah. So we started right out of high school. Um, you know, in the new age of, you know, technology, we met on a dating app and we happened to go to the same high school. I happened to be a year older than him. 
Um, and he was the football player. I was the, the band nerd. And he was like, I always knew of you. Um, but you know, I never, you know, had the courage to talk to you and fast forward, we actually meet in person. Um, we meet at El Real here in Rincon, uh, best Mexican restaurant. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um, and I was on cloud nine. I thought this was fantastic. You know, I graduated high school. I had, this was my first boyfriend, y'all. Like I'm talking 18 years old. I'm living life. This is great. Um, you know, we were together for two years and, um, those two years were great. Uh, there, there were times where, you know, we would get into a fight. It was something, oh, well, I saw, you know, I would get mad at him. I saw him liking some girl's, you know, Instagram picture or, you know, just something about social media, or he would get mad at me because I wanted to spend more time with my family, which in the beginning I told him that's what I wanted. Like family is number one, family first, attending church, and then having a relationship. Well, we, uh, we broke it off for about six months. I, I moved on. I was done. Um, he saw me happy and was like, you know, can we give it another try? Well, if you know me in, in life, in personal life, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I will give you chance after chance after chance until I'm blue in the face. Like I always think everyone deserves a second chance. And so I said, okay, but like, I'm not ready for a relationship. Like I'm focusing on me. And so, you know, we started hanging out again and I was like, yeah, like I can see that you've changed. And then, you know, I it slowly became, we were hanging out every weekend and then he started coming around again and my parents were giving him another try. And my parents were like, I've see, I see that he's changed. I'm mm -hmm. hanging out with his parents again. And his parents are saying how they can tell that I've grown up and that, you know, we've both grown up. So we decided to start dating again. Yeah. And that's an, uh, another year and a half. And I, I move in with him. Mm -hmm. And Christmas of... 2020, he proposes and he proposed the exact way that I've always dreamed of. We had two dogs and I said, I would love to be proposed to on Christmas morning, you know, with the cute, um, the cute bandanas and the whole nine yards. And that's what he did. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I want. Um, and I, you know, then COVID hit and I'm teaching via camera. And I was like, I would love to go back and get my master's. And he, he didn't support it. He's like, you know, you being a teacher, I, I don't see what the big deal is. Like, you're not going to make enough money. I'm still going to support you. You know, I do more than you do. You're not paying the bills around here. So it was always something negative. Mm, so this is where, so like, so you have this relationship, this is your yeah. first relationship, but it, at the same time, it seems like it's, it has everything in the bag of chips, right? It has everything yeah. that you wanted the relationship. And of course you had your up and downs, you had the separation, you came back and now you're engaged and things it like you're, despite it being COVID season, like this is essentially it looks like everything is just on the way up. Like, like, yep. like 
everything is amazing to the point where you moved in with them. Right. So, but as you just, as you kind of just foreshadowed, right. He started not supporting certain things, which mm-hmm. in general, right. Like there are going to be some things that I do, even I've been married for like 19 years, you know, like my, my husband's going to be like, okay, that's a really dumb decision. Right. Yeah. Like just because they don't necessarily support things doesn't necessarily mean that it's a red flag. But so you, when you first saw that you were like, that's not necessarily a red flag. Like, no. okay. Okay. Like, right. But and that was things for sure. changed. I was like, yeah. well, you know, well, I'll just, I'll submit the application and we'll see. Then it also started, you know, I always attended church. I was, I was the girl that was attending church Wednesdays and Sundays. I, at the church that I was at, I worked in the nursery. I worked with the youth group. Um, and I attended on Sundays when my church found out that I had moved in with my boyfriend, it, it became not exactly what the church wanted for me to be serving in ministry with the youth group and with the children, because I was, you know, living with my boyfriend, which is understandable. Time and time again, I would invite him to come with me on Sundays and it was always some excuse. You know, I have work on, I have work the next day or I need to do this or I need to do that. Or, we live in South Georgia. Um, I'm going hunting. So it was always some excuse. And I never really used that as a red flag. To me, it was just like a Christmas light. I was like, it's fine. I let that excuse that he gave me be okay. The outsider's perspective, my best friend was like, but didn't you tell him that in the beginning you wanted to attend church, your family was important, and then you had a relationship? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, he said he's doing this today. My friend goes, Ashley, you remember you told him that you wanted church to be very important. I know, I know, maybe next week. Well, the next week became a month. The next month became, you know, a year. But I kept attending. Mm -hmm. Now, let's fast forward to us getting engaged and it's COVID season. I can't even get him to sit in the same room when I have the computer on or the TV, because we all have smart TVs for me to play the service and him to actually pay attention. And it got to the point where I started losing myself. So I wouldn't turn it on. Mm. COVID season also, you know, we didn't see our families as much as because we didn't want them like I had my mom's immune compromised because she's had cancer before. So like we definitely took it seriously. We wouldn't go visit our families as much. Well, but we made it a point to somehow always go see his family. Yeah. But he always had an excuse to come see my family. And my family's like, well, didn't you just go see his family? How come you can't drive an extra five minutes to come see us? So then I started losing my relationship with my family mm. and my brother and my sister. And it just became like a constant struggle. I'm trying to plan this wedding of my dreams. And, you know, my parents are telling me that they're going to pay for it. But they're like, you also aren't spending time with us. Like, why would we put money into something 
honestly, we really don't support. Like if yeah. that, you're happy, that's fine, but we don't support this. And it just became a constant struggle. It, I, I found myself always having to stick up for him. Mm. And it was always, well, what did, what is he doing? Oh, well, he, he's doing, or he's tired or he's got something going on. Well, it became to the point where I would question him about it mm -hmm. and it would get physical. I'd get pushed oh. the wall. Why does it matter? Why do you need, why do we need to go do that? Why, what is the big deal about it? So one night he had pushed me and grabbed my, my arms and left his handprints on my arms. And I remember calling his dad, me and his parents, we tolerated each other, but it wasn't like if something were to happen at two o'clock in the morning and I needed to call someone, they weren't the first people I was going to call. Right. So it meant a lot for me to, it took a lot of courage for me to call his dad at 1130 at night and was like, I need you to come get your son. Like he has left bruises on my arms and I'm, I'm terrified. And the words out of his dad's mouth were, well, what did you do to make him act like that? And I vividly just remember sitting there and crying and thinking, I don't know if this is what I want. Right. Is this the kind of relationship I want. And it got to the point where I was walking on eggshells. Yeah. Anywhere. It was COVID. So I wasn't going to work where I had, he was still going to work at his job, at his corporate job. But me as a teacher, I was home. Yeah. So I had to turn on my screen, put on a big smile and act like everything was fine. And then when he would get home, it was, I have dinner cooked. I already cleaned the house. You know, here's your, you know, he was always like, well, where's my beer? Here's your beer. And it was just very like, I was terrified. Yeah. So, so you had, so you had this relationship. It was yeah. great. And then essentially once you moved in, things changed, it seems like. Right. And it started like where he before he there was some compromise and there was some understanding like you are your own person and whatever. But then what ended up happening was that you moved in and then he was like, all right, well, I don't want to do church. I don't want to listen to church. I don't want to see which is is OK. Like that's a whole nother like message series. Yeah. For but sure. it's but it's more of a what's not OK is you wanting to do something that's really deeply important and significant for you. And then you feeling so uncomfortable that you can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. the, that's the thing. And yeah. I want to make sure that our listeners like understand that um, this thing is deeply personal and deeply significant for you. And he essentially, he's making it uncomfortable to where you can do it. And then on top of that, like you wanted to go see your family and they were like, and he, and he was like, no. And then you being, you know, asking those questions like, hey, why can't I do this? Essentially bringing up, trying to just have conversation of why yeah. can't we? And it's always, and it well, turned, I don't want to, we don't yeah. need to. That's the end. This is what I said. So essentially, you know, when you talk to a little kid, well, how come I can't do that? Because I said so. Yeah. And that's exactly 
is what it was. And I never noticed that, you know, my, my best friend, um, Morgan, I, we've been friends since high school and I taught like everything that we went through. I would talk to her about, and I would tell her what was going on. And she would all, she's my voice of reason. She's like, well, have you been praying about it? Like, how, how does this make you feel? Like, have you been reading in, like, have you been in the word? What, what makes you think that this is okay, Ashley? And I'm like, yeah. but I've, you know, we're engaged and, and I'm, I really am happy. Maybe it's just a bump. And she's like, if this is happening now, what is it going to look like if, if you're married? And I was like, maybe it's just, she's like, it's been four years, Ashley. How is this okay? And it got to the point that she looked at me. I remember sitting at her table and she looked at me and she said, I'll support you getting married, but I don't want to be in your wedding anymore. Oh, wow. And that took a lot for me to go, but you're my best friend. And she said, I'm your best friend, but I can't see you continuously getting hurt like this. And I said, okay. And that, that, that conversation happened. Hmm, let's see. That happened about May of 2021. Wow. And my breaking point was August 17th, 2021. Wow. So just a couple of months after. Yep. Yeah. So, so it got physical and yep. then you had people in your life who, who you like you, so you had Morgan and you shared everything with Morgan, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I have my so, little sister. And then you have your, your parent, yeah, your parents yeah, and your parents. sister and they, they were, they helped you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, so it's so interesting to me that you shared because some of the ladies that like I would talk to that's been in similar situations, they wouldn't share. So like, why do you think you shared about what was going on? Or when you shared, did you feel like you shared everything or did you like hide some of the stuff? Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't, I didn't share at all. I, until after the fact, probably about six or eight months after finally leaving and, and, and ending the engagement, did I finally sit down with Morgan and say, do you remember all those times in the summertime when I would wear long sleeves or leggings and I would just say, oh, it's because I'm cold or, oh, your house is always cold. That's why I'm putting them on. And she'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I was definitely covering bruises handprints, scratches. And it was hard because I would also go to work in, in South Georgia, guys, it is hot. Hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking like if you could wear your bathing suit to school and it'd be appropriate, every teacher on the planet <laughs> would do it. And it's not. And so like wearing dresses is usually what everyone does. And in August, I was wearing pants and long sleeve shirts. And I had teacher friends that are like, girl, aren't you hot? And I'm like, no, I'm, it's fine. I'm fine. All while I'm hiding handprints that are on my shoulders, scratches that are down my arms. 
I can't let my but, do that. Yeah. But you shared to Morgan, you, you obviously shared something for her to tell you right. that like, Hey, I, I do not support, you know, I, the, I'm pretty sure what was her breaking point is I had told her that I found out that he was like drinking every single day and then hiding it. And she was like, that's when she was like, I don't support this. Like you are literally walking on eggshells trying to keep someone happy who honestly isn't happy himself and, and needs something that you're obviously not giving to him and he's finding it within alcohol and then hiding it because it got to the point guys like he he would work 12 hour shifts and drive home and there would be three or four cans in the passenger seat there would be oh my gosh and he works four days a week and he works 12 hour shifts or they would be in 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 the back of his pickup truck and it got to the point where I was counting the cans in one week, in one week, 200 cans in what? one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it, it got to the point where it was my money that I was, I don't make a lot of money as a pair pro that I was trying to help with to pay, pay bills on top of paying my bills that I had. In return, this money is not going towards bills. This money is feeding into him and his drinking habit. Alcoholism. Yep. Yeah. So so can we let's outline some of the red flags that you saw? Like, so what were what were some of the like things that maybe some other people would be like, that's not a red flag, but that totally was a red flag. Um I guess not wanting to to compromise and do things that I would want to do. So in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's fine. We can do it next time. So like going to church, there was a good year and a half that I pieced out to the church. I was like, I don't need that because it got to the point where he had downplayed it so much that I'm like, oh, well, I really don't need it. Why do I need to go? He's not going to, to church. Y'all, I grew up in church yeah like so that was that was a red flag that in my mind i saw it as what i call a christmas light i was like oh it's fine yeah um the physical like physical abuse physical. for sure the did it start small did it smart start small and then get worse or what is it one of those things where it's like once it was on like once it came out once to play it was, unleashed, it, was out. it was it was out yeah once it was it was one push that push became shoving mm. the shoving became slapping the slapping became hitting and, and i'm not talking like the play fighting you have with your brother and sister when you get annoyed I, yeah. i'm talking like this is a grown man who is six four and more than twice my size. Yeah. Pushing me, slapping me, hitting me, leaving handprints to the fact where when I show his parents these handprints, his, his parents are like, that's your handprint. And I'm like, my hand looks like a baby's hand compared to the handprint that's on my body. It's his parents didn't even like 
That's his, insane. His That's a flag too, right? Where the parents are like, oh my his, gosh. His parents are like, well, what did you do to make that happen? That's insane. You're the reason that he's acting like this. And I'm all for a mama's boy. Don't get me wrong. Like my friends <laughs> that have little boys and their, their, their little boys adore their mom. I'm like, eat it up. It is amazing. But there comes a time when you got to cut it. And you got to tell your little boy, like, I love you, but you have to be your own person. No. And when I tell no. you this 28-year-old still had his mom making his dinner plates, still had his mom making his bed, I'm not lying to you. And I was like, why, why is this happening? Yeah, this is insane. Okay, so then... But you're not with him anymore. No. So essentially they're there. So something happened where the lights kind of came on to the situation and you were like, I have to get out. What happened? So I came home on Friday afternoon, August. It was either August 16th or 17th, but it was a Friday afternoon. It'd been a long day in first grade. Y'all working with kids. I love them. They can be tiring by Friday afternoon. We're just trying to make it to 245. <laughs> I love you. Get on the bus. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Well, Fridays, he doesn't work. So usually that was the day that we would go get Mexican um, and then come home and, and hang out. And I had gotten home and I looked at him and I said, hey, I'm exhausted. I have a headache. Can I just take a small nap? Mind you, I get home Kids get out of school at 2.45. I get home at like 3.30. I just wanted a nap and then we could go out. That's fine. That's all I wanted. He huffed and puffed, but was like, okay, well, the way that the air conditioner worked there, the AC system in his house worked is sometimes when it would turn on, if you go to close the door, sometimes it, it grabs it and it makes it sound yep. like it's slamming. It does. Yeah. Just that at our house. Yeah. So I get, I go into the bedroom and I closed the door, but it slammed and I could hear him stomping from the living room and threw open the door. And any, any cuss word that you want to just picture in your mind is, is coming out. You're worthless. You don't deserve this. You know, I, I give you all of this and provide for you. And, and this is how you treat me. I can't believe this is how you're acting. This is ridiculous. And y'all picture, just close your eyes for a second and picture, I am sitting on the floor, a grown woman sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce, like I'm at school. And I just started to laugh. And he's like, I can't believe you're laughing at me. This is not funny. This is ridiculous. You're acting like a child. And I just kept laughing and laughing. And he finally left. And I picked up the phone and I called my mom. And I said, mama, I said, how much money would I save? If we didn't get married. And when I tell you I had had this conversation weekend and week out calling her because it was always some petty fight. And she's like, honey, you know, we'd save a lot. We'd lose some, but we'd save a lot. But I would know that you really meant this is if you packed your bags and you moved home. And within the hour, I had packed eight boxes, took a oh, picture, wow. sent it to my mom and said, I'm done. And so my dad called me and said, I'll be there at eight o'clock in the morning with the U-Haul. Get ready to pack. 
And when I tell you, I, I told him that there was a U-Haul coming. Yeah. Well, a hunting trip. You know, can't we just talk this over when I come back? And I said, you either stay and talk, talk with me now or I'm done. U-Haul came. He was gone. I packed as much as I could. And I looked at my two dogs, which he said, you either take one or you take none. And I looked at them and I cried my eyes out because we had rescued both of them. And I was like, I couldn't take one without taking the other. I didn't, it just, I'm an animal lover. So it's like, they only knew each other. So I said, well, I guess I'm leaving them. I packed everything yeah. and left. Mm. And that was it. That was, that was uh, August. I finally got everything out that following Monday. And that was in 2021 and now it's 2023 and I finished my master's um, yeah. my class and I'm about to start teaching in August and I could not be more proud of the self-love that I have. Right. The, it's absolutely amazing. Like I'm doing more for me than yeah. I have. If I if five years ago Ashley looked and was like, This is this is crazy. Yeah, it's it's such a huge thing because it it means a lot for anybody to graduate anything. Mm -hmm. But when you get when you go through the situation that you have you walk through the past five years of, of that abuse, right? Yeah. And then someone continually telling you that you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're, this is never going to amount to anything. Yep. And you pretty much going like, because here's the thing. It's like, and you know this, if a person tells you nine amazing things about you and tells you one negative thing, the one, the thing that you'll remember is that one negative thing. Right. Right. Yep. And so, so when you have a person who is doing the opposite, who's telling you the nine negative things and, and, maybe one positive it's like you just get so inundated with that you start believing that yeah. you start operating that as that's that's your like you know your operating system if you will yeah. um and so every step forward for you was like you proving to yourself over and over no i can do it mm -hmm. i can do it yep and and it's been amazing because what when I moved back into the house, my parents' open arms were like, all right, you're back. Like, this is what's up. You know, they went from being empty nesters. My brother and sister, you know, were out of the house. And my parents were like, all right, round two, like, let's go. And when I tell you my mom is literally my best friend, like, it has been so amazing to, like, have... <sighs> to literally like have her like downstairs and be able to just go down there and be like, Hey, like, do you just want to sit on the, on the couch and watch Netflix? Like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, we have ice cream in the, in the pan, in the, in the freezer. Like, let's eat it. Like just hang out five years ago. I couldn't do that. Like yeah. the relationship that I was in, like I was walking on eggshells. I was doing everything in my power to make sure that this man that I thought I loved, that I thought this relationship that almost became a marriage, like this is, I like, I thought that's how it was supposed to be. And to, to realize that I have such a great example of what a real relationship looks like in the same house, like with my parents, 
is amazing. Like, and I can't believe I never compared that relationship of my parents mm. relationship I was in because, you know, you always hear, Oh, the best relationship, you know, your parents have such a great relationship. That's the one you said, you know, mold your relationship doctor. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, shut up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But thinking now, like my dad provides for us and doesn't even, you know, blink an eye. Like he does so much for us. And my mom, like, I get my stubborn and independentness, if that that's how you would say that word, independentness from her. Yeah. How I act literally is her. And I pride myself on knowing that I knew that I was finally strong enough to take myself out of it because there were times when my parents were like, this is not it, Ashley. This isn't. And my, my mom finally looked at me one day and said, I love you, but I'm taking a step back until you fall on your face and realize that this is not what you want. And I'll be here to pick up the pieces with you, but I can't do this any longer. And there she was. Mm. She held up. Yeah. Her end of the deal, right? The deal. And she's picked up the pieces because man, depression sucks. Like I don't think people deal with it. I'm not one to like, I don't take medication for it. I'm not saying it's not like some people take it and they love it and they, they, that's great. I'm not one that's like, ah, I love my medication. I just deal with it more. So I need a clear headspace mm-hmm. for me. That's being outside. That's grounding myself outside. That's finding a good book to read. That's yeah. going back to church. Yeah. And it's been amazing to be able to do these things and not feel like someone's lurking over me, wondering why I'm doing those things. Because right. for me, I'm not doing them to make anyone else happy, but me. Like when I hit my 30th birthday, which was the first birthday after leaving that relationship, I cried like a baby because I'm like, God, I'm 30. Like, what the heck? All my friends that are 30, like they're married or they have they have kids. And I remember taking my sip of my mimosa with my sister and my brother was in town and we're all downtown at the ordinary pub side part, like ordinary pub, great mimosa. (laughs) But I remember drinking my mimosa and like looking around and just realizing like, I've made it like this is 30, like being surrounded by family and knowing that like, I'm safe. Yeah. And That takes a lot. It had only, you know, that I left in August, September, October. That was only two months. It was still fresh. Yeah. But I felt safe in where I was. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you didn't feel like that before. You didn't feel. I didn't. And and I I never want to say like, I I don't want to say I want to relive the past five years, but like the past five years have brought a lot of pain, but like I've grown from that. Mm. I've persevered through the pain, through the sorrow. And I've come out the other end to say like, what's next? Like I'm a warrior. Like I can do this. And for no one else, but for me, I'm living for me. And and that, that takes a lot. But I'm here to say, like, 
in any relationship, like communication is the biggest thing. Yeah. And communication is key. Like we preach that to the kids, like communicate with each other. Like if you don't like what's going on, like you need to say it, but it's the same for any relationship. And I think along the way, like the communication was lost in my relationship and I just allowed him to tell me what to do. Well, yeah. because at that point, if you, because if you didn't capitulate, there was heck to pay, right? Yeah. So, and that's, that's a big thing. It's like, if you do not, so that's another red flag. If you do not feel safe sharing, I mean, like, it's always going to be scary. I think to share like your opinions, especially if it's contrary to a person, but if yeah. you do not feel safe, like that is a huge indicator that like, Hey, something's going on. Well, Ashley, I really appreciate you being very vulnerable and sharing because I think that, um, sometimes if people have never been in a situation like that before they don't even know what to look for to be like oh that's bad mm -hmm. oh this isn't this isn't safe or oh this is toxic right wow. um and so it takes brave souls like you sharing like hey this is this is what it looked like and this is what it led to mm -hmm. um and then at that point i think your story will illuminate some insights and perceptions of people and they can make different decisions because of that. So I just really appreciate you being vulnerable and impacting so many hearts. For sure. I'm glad I could take the time and let it out. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations. I mean, again, like graduating with your master's degree, getting your own classroom. I'm like, you're, you're the, it, there's only your future is so bright. There's only great things in front. So I am excited for you. I'm so excited. Thank you. I appreciate it. Queens, thank you so much for sticking with me to the end. How's your crowns looking? Hopefully this episode has helped you see something to polish or given you an encouragement to keep at it. You are worth it. God made you with wholeness and freedom in mind. You are beautiful. If this helped you, Queen, please, please, please share this with others who might benefit from it too. A little bit more about the studio. Avant serves ladies in the Savannah and surrounding areas, and I'd love to help you in my studio with an art or boudoir session. You can see what it's all about in our ladies-only Facebook group. Link is in the show notes. Until next time, queens, shine on.